Anyway, please turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians tonight. Galatians chapter 4. And we're in verses 4 through 7. We're going to speak of a gift tonight. The gift of God in the flesh. God in the flesh is an amazing gift for you and I. Chapter 4, verse 4, Paul writes, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Well, you have probably been anticipating for the last month to turn to either Matthew chapter 1 or Luke chapter 2. We usually do that about two or three times uh, during this time. And we haven't done that at all. We did share a message that was strictly about Joseph, but we just really haven't turned there this year. Nevertheless, the subject of Christ and His birth has been addressed. Uh, It was Sunday morning. And it is here tonight. We, we see the very same thing. Christ coming to this earth. God manifesting himself in the flesh. God clothed himself in a human body. And what a miracle this was. What, what huge amount of prophecy was fulfilled By this little baby who was born in this manger. And this baby was God. This baby was our Lord. Emmanuel. God with us. And you and I have been very blessed by the gifts of Christmas. And we see these things here tonight in these verses. And we're going to just take a few minutes tonight To look at these things. And then by the way. At the end of the service. We're going to have a little bit of testimony time. uh, For you. But concerning when this happened. And how it happened. And how it was to go about. We see a lot of things here. In these few verses tonight. And concerning Jesus Christ coming to this earth. Look. This is something that was always going to be. It's not a plan that came up later. It, it, it's something that just always was going to be. Verse 4 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son. God sent His Son to this earth. And that was a matter of love. It was a matter of several things. And one is love. The love of God. You know, it was always going to be that Jesus was going to come to us. 
And the reason is because of the love that God had for a fallen human race. Fallen in sin. How humbling that is to you and I. How grateful that we can be. Because God didn't need us. But yet God in his love had him send his son for us. Job 7.17 says, What is man that thou shouldest magnify him, and that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him? Psalms 8.4 says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Yet God, in his great love for us, he sent his son for us. He didn't just send something to us as a result of his love. God sent someone to us as a result of his love. God sent his son. And it was a matter of love, but it was also a matter of time. And God sent his son at the perfect time. It wasn't too early. It wasn't too late. God wasn't listening to any advice on when to send his son. God knew when he would send his son to this earth. Obviously, the pre-Messianic period was complete with the, the son in glory with the father. And obviously, God had the world, the world prepared for his son to the extent that he would have the world to be when he sent him. God doesn't do anything premature. He's not tardy with anything he does. He always knew the time that he would send forth his son. It was a time that was ordained by God. And we might consider a few things about the time that God sent his son. The Greek language was very widely understood by, by very many. And the message could be heard and understood through the language. But not only that, you know, preachers could freely travel through the Roman Empire at this time. They could walk the Roman roads and they could share the glorious gospel message. You think about the Jews who had experience with the law of God. And whether they would admit it or not, they had time and experience to see that they could not keep God's law. And that they needed, they needed a help to be able to be accepted by God. That it wouldn't be by keeping the law of God. And for reasons that we'll never understand. This side of heaven. God picked the perfect time. The fullness of the time was come. According to God. That he might send his son. Into this world. It was a matter of love. That God sent forth his son. It was a matter of time. When God sent forth his son. His son. And it was a matter of sacrifice when God sent his son to us. God sent forth his son to us while we were yet sinners. He sent forth his son to be our substitute. That gets very personal. Personal in our hearts. When we think about the Lord coming to this earth and stepping in our place for us. He was nailed with the nails that we deserve to be pierced with. 
He went to a cruel cross that would have been fitting for you and I. But the only one who didn't have to die for sin because he had no sin was the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet he stepped in our place for us. And it was always going to be. This was always the plan of God. But what about how it was going to be? It was always God's plan that this happened. How was it to happen? There are two specifics that we see here also in verse 4 tonight. That when God sent forth his son, he would be made of a woman, made under the law. There's something sinless we see here. And there's something successful that we see here. And how this was going to be. First of all, he was sinless. Jesus was made of a woman itself. It says, God made himself man. And he did not sacrifice his deity to do so. Jesus is fully God. And he is fully man. God enabled Mary to conceive as a virgin. Jesus was born of the seed of the woman and of the Holy Ghost. And he was sinless. Why? How? Because the sin nature passes through the man, not the woman. So Jesus being born of a woman and the Holy Ghost... By the miracle of God gave us a sinless savior. So God became flesh and dwelt among us, still being the perfection of God. He came to us in a body, in a baby's body, in a little infant wrapped in swaddling clothes. The creator became dependent Upon the creature by way of his own design. And what a privilege it was for these creatures, Joseph and Mary, to be able to raise the son of God. In his helpless state, he was, had the most power of anyone and anything throughout the universe. And this helpless child was the privilege of Joseph and Mary to be able to raise him. The Lord miraculously orchestrated how this was going to be. As him being made with a sinless life. Giving himself as a sinless sacrifice for us. He was sinless made of a woman. He was successful made under the law. Jesus wasn't put above the law. He was made under the law. All the law of God, Jesus obeyed it. He obeyed it perfectly. Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus did something that you and I would never be able to do. We would never be able to fulfill God's law. James chapter 2 verse 10 teaches us that if we're guilty in one point... We're guilty of all. So it would have been impossible for anyone to be able to fulfill the law of God 
besides Jesus. So he was made under the law to keep the law perfectly. And he fulfilled God's law for you. And I think of all of God's law. Think, think of everything in it. Think, you can think of the Ten Commandments. You can think of the six, seven hundred plus other laws. And Jesus perfectly kept the law. And so we are not under the burden of the law. We are in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ now. Impossible for us, but Jesus fulfilled it that we might be free from the law under grace. And all sinners are invited to Jesus by faith in him as Lord and Savior to be declared righteous. The whole world is invited by the Lord Jesus that they might be saved. Jesus is completely successful in fulfilling all the law of God and taking away the burden for anyone who will trust in him. There is, ne there, there is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That's how it was going to be. But there's something else. Why? Why was it going to be? Well, as we look in verse, verses 5 through 7, we're told why. It says to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. Why was it going to be? So that you and I could be bought. We have been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing that could buy us out of our sins was Jesus. And we have been bought. Peter tells us that it was always God's plan. In 1 Peter chapter 1, around verses 19 and 20, it talks about Jesus being the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And so it was always the plan of God. Jesus came to provide redemption for all mankind. We have been Bought out of the slave market of sin. We have been set free from the dominion and the curse of the law. We have been rescued from loss by Jesus. That is why it came to pass and it was going to be. So that we could be bought. But not only so we could be bought, but so that we could be wrought. And that word simply means produced. We have been brought into the family of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been made the family of God through Jesus. He took our sin and he gave us his righteousness. He took our grave clothes and he gave us a pure white robe of righteousness, spiritually speaking. We have been clothed by Jesus. We have been birthed into the family of God, placed in sonship by way of adoption. We are personal with God as our father. We do not just call him our father. He 
He is our Father. Jesus told us when He modeled a prayer for us to pray that we would pray according to the pattern and the outline and that we would call upon Him as our Father when we pray. You know, throughout the Old Testament, there I love the many names of our Lord. And, and you'll find the saints, that, and they called upon the Lord according to their circumstance, whatever it may be. And, and I've even encouraged that before. I do that, but that's not the first thing I call Him. The first, when we first go to God, we call Him and address Him as our Father. Because he is, and that really encapsulates it all. That sums it all up. That get, it doesn't get more personal than that for you and I. The world calls him God, but we call him Father. And he is our Father. He's personal. And we are family. We are saved by the same blood. We are indwelt by the same person. We are indwelt... For the same purpose. And we all are headed to the same eternal home. To be together for eternity. We are related in the highest way. The most important things to have in common. We have those things in common in the Lord Jesus Christ. That makes everything else so minute and, and so small Compared to the fact that we are the family of God and brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. He, we are redeemed people with the love of Christ in our hearts. And everything else is just overwhelmed and overcome by him living in us. When we're living in the will of God. When we're looking at each other as family. When we are being the family of God as we should. We are wrought in him. That's why it was going to be. So God could purchase us. You know we're, we're no longer our own. We've been bought by a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. The Bible says. He's not just savior. He's Lord. He, he doesn't save just by one acknowledging Him as Savior. There's the acknowledgement of Lord. And it leads us to obey. It moves us in our lives. Well, one more thing. When is it going to be? And I'll read the second half of verse 7 for that. It says, And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ... When is it going to be? Well, in one way, we could say when we get to heaven, because when we get to heaven, we're going to share the greatest estate that has ever been by way of the Lord. We are joint heirs with Christ and he's sharing all of heaven and all of the glories of heaven with you and I. And so when we get there, oh, what an inheritance we're going to see. Oh, what inheritance we're going to come into in a special way that we're not going to in this life. But let me also say this about when we are heirs. We became heirs the moment that we were saved. When we were saved, we received everything from the Lord that we are going to receive, except for the rewards 
as we're being sanctified and live for him. And those things will steadily accrue. But we have been made heirs from the moment we were saved. We have the promise of God for children in the will of God that he is going to supply our needs while we are here. The psalmist says in the 37th Psalm and the 25th verse, he says, I have been young, but now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That's quite a verse there. That's quite a verse on the promise of God, on the supplying of needs from God. On the promise that he makes to his children, his people in the will, in his will, are going to be provided for by him. Our inheritance, it's just, we're so rich we don't understand. It is beyond our comprehension. The holy state that you and I are going to come into in glory when we are not only going to see Jesus and hear Jesus, but the Bible says we shall be like Him. The holy state we're coming into, it's beyond our comprehension. We can only imagine what it's going to be like. And so there's going to be a win as far as coming into our inheritance in heaven. But it also happened the moment that we were saved. We're promised and guaranteed. But I would say to one tonight, maybe listening in, that you would need to be saved. You need to get saved to be able to have these things that we have talked about tonight. The inheritance and the possession of it. Look, it has already been given, but it just must be received unwrapping a gift the bible says thanks be unto god for his unspeakable gift jesus christ is an eternal gift in his salvation and we come into possession of his inheritance for it everything we've shared tonight it becomes yours and it becomes mine by childlike faith in jesus christ and if there's one listening in who has never come to know Jesus Christ personally as Lord and Savior, if you're willing to deal with your uncertainty tonight and come before the Lord, I encourage you to do that. There's no better time than tonight that you might be saved, that you might become into this in great inheritance of God. And with that, we're going to have a time of a word of prayer at the moment. At the moment and then it is going to be your turn and we are going to I'm going to come down here and we're going to share some testimony tonight but let us pray father in heaven as we do bow before your presence we are thankful to you Lord for what you have done for us for sending your son to us at the perfect time for the way you did it so miraculously and did it in such a way that he would be successful as our Lord and Savior of our lives. To completely fulfill the law. To pay for all of our sins. To buy us out of the slave market of sin. Lord God, we thank you for this tonight. We thank you for the gift of your son to us. And Lord, if there be one listening in tonight who does not know this glorious gift 
of salvation. Father, we pray that they might come into eternal life by believing in your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray this tonight. Amen.